I love the playoffs. Anything can happen. But the best part? It's like bonus football. And bonus football means betting bonuses with Gambit DC. For a limited time, get up to a 57% multi-sport parlay boost on the Gambit DC app, online, or at any Gambit DC retail location throughout the district. It's the most exciting time to be a fan. So make your play and get the whole field advantage with Gambit DC. Limited time offer, terms and conditions apply. Please buy responsibly. Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to Unfair Sports, where we take a pensive approach to the sports conversation. I'm your host, Jay, with your favorite co-host, Jimmy. Thank you for watching this here on YouTube, as well as wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. While you're there, like, subscribe, rate us, and review us, and give us five stars. You don't think we deserve it? Meh, just give us five anyway. Gifted. So, on today's episode, we're going to dive into the Rams have shown us that they are all in. The Cowboys pull out a nice little squeaker. OU versus Georgia. Give it to us, gods. NFL injury updates. And then we're going to have some early NBA overreactions because, of course, the season just started, so we've got to overreact. <laughs> Hit us up on the unfair fan line, 430-901-1906, and let us know what you think about the show. Give us your strongest opinions. You may end up on here as well as tell us about your daily fantasy situation, how you're doing, how you're not doing. Tell us how much you hate Jimmy, how much you love me, how much you hate me, how much you love Jimmy. We all hate We you. don't care. Exactly. So hit us up, 430-901-1906. Jam. Master Jay Don't Play with the Daily Fantasy. What's going on? What it do, baby? Yes. A week. <laughs> a week of just... Uh, yes. <laughs> show me an ass, sir. Just, 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 sir. Uh, finally got through it. Yes. We got it, Jamie. We Daily did it. Daily Fantasy. Daily we did fantasy, it. Fantasy, so for those that uh, if you follow us on Instagram, um, at unfair underscore sports, I posted... My winnings from Daily Fantasy this past week. I was able to have a very good one in three leagues in the top uh, 20. Uh, mm-hmm. I was number two in another league. If Tom Brady would have just given me the Tom Brady special of a game-winning touchdown, I would have ended up in the top 10 in all of the leagues. We're talking about leagues with thousands of people in thousands, there with you. Thousands. And I ended up being number two, number 20, and like number six. Mm-hmm. But if I would have gotten that Tom Brady, would have been number one because mm-hmm. I was the only one that had Brady. The other guy had Chris Godwin. So mm-hmm. if I would have got Godwin and Brady together, mm-hmm. guaranteed to move up. Uh, the other league, we had a guy, he had literally, <laughs> Jimmy, he literally had 11 rosters in the top 100. And oh every single God. one of them won. He's freaking he had man. one through four. So he won like $45,000 mm-hmm. off of four of his rosters. Wow. It was obscene. He's a demon. Demon. Yeah. <laughs> but as we talk about on the Daily Fantasy Show with yes. uh, the OSG, that's not ridiculous. It is by design, by preparing and picking the right roster. So. With that, Jimmy, Mm. let's talk about some football. Let's talk about a little bit of NFL football. Let's do it. Woo! I had a, we had a, things we were thinking about talking about this morning. We had a list. You sent it out early. We're talking through it, trying to decide what we're going to go with. And then a bombshell hits us. The NFL um, trading deadline's coming up. Mm -hmm. And the LA Rams decided that they are all the way in. Now, 
of course. The Rams have always been all the way in because if you notice, and I'll talk about this in a bit, the Rams ain't had draft picks in a while. And this year coming up, it ain't no different. But they decided that they're going to go ahead and get all pro defensive end. So they traded with the Denver Broncos. The Rams send a second and a third round pick. Mm-hmm. And they'll receive Von Miller to go on that defensive line right next to your boy Aaron Donald and all the other monsters on the defense. And to make it even easier for the Rams to do this, the Broncos are paying $9 million of the $9.7 million that is due to Von Miller. So the Rams are only on the hook for $700,000 this season. And the best part is Von Miller is a free agent after this year. So Jimmy... Because of the, the magnitude of this move, yes, is it fair to say that the Rams are headed to the Super Bowl? It is completely unfair to say <laughs> that they're headed to the Super Bowl. I love you know my late father's favorite team was the Rams, so I love seeing this. You know, I always think of Von Miller as he's kind of a hybrid defensive end linebacker. I always think of him as a linebacker. And one of the things that I've said on the show repeatedly is that for defense to be great, you need a great player at every level of your defense. Yes. So on this team, you have Aaron Donald on the line. You have Von Miller who can flex out to linebacker when they want him to. That's true. Uh, and then you have obviously Jalen Ramsey, the best cornerback in the game, or maybe the second best cornerback in the game. Diggs has something to say about that in your secondary. So I love this. I love what they've done on offense. They have that what that one so, somewhat of a bad loss to the Cardinals, even though the Cardinals at the time were undefeated. So it may not be a bad loss yeah you have Stafford you have the right coach you're in LA they have everything they need in order to get there but there's just one thing that bothers me about this team that doesn't regular season bother me but playoff bothers me and that's this in order for the Rams to get to the Super Bowl Matthew Stafford and that team is going to probably have to get through at least one or two of these quarterbacks they're going to have to get through Tom Brady the GOAT defending champs or Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Wick as apparently he has become now based yeah, upon his Halloween costume. Point. Yeah. So all things being equal, if he if they get to the playoffs and is Matthew Stafford against one of those quarterbacks, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady over him every single time. So for that reason, because who he's most likely going to run into as things stand now, I cannot take him over one of those two teams or over one of those two quarterbacks. Therefore, I cannot say that it's fair that this move puts them into the Super Bowl. Maybe wow. the NFC Championship, maybe the NFC Championship, but the Super Bowl, I cannot put them past those two teams. I am in total agreement with you on this. Correct. I have the Rams going to the NFC Championship game, mm-hmm. playing against my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, mm-hmm. because I have the Rams having the number one seed, which they have zero excuse to even have, not have the number one seed this season. Mm-hmm. And going against Tampa and losing in the playoffs, as most people do in the playoffs when it comes to Tom Brady, because you never bet against Tom Brady. Right. Now, the question is, will they meet? I don't know. Based upon the way things are lining up, there's a chance they may not. But for the most part, I think that they're going to see each other later on in the playoffs, especially after Tampa Bay had that really bad, in theory, bad loss to the Saints. But it's a rivalry Mm. game, Mm. beard, mustache, bull. Anyway, I do. I don't think that they're going to make it to the Super Bowl, but I think they can get deep, and this is the reason why they have a top four defense. Mm. They have a top four offense. They are the second rated, third rated team in DVOA this season, up before this week even passed. Um, adding Von Miller to me doesn't fix a problem that the team actually has. Because mm. if you want me to be honest, I think they have only one problem: is that Matt Stafford doesn't have any playoff wins. Mm. Well, many. He has, what, one? 
I yeah. think he has one. Something like that, yeah. I think he has one playoff win, and that's it. It's just that Matt Stafford does not have playoff experience. No shade to Matt. Not saying that he's going to be awful in the playoffs. It's just that he ain't really been. We haven't really got to see him under that type of pressure except for the one season that uh, Caldwell got him there mm-hmm. with the Detroit Lions. So it's not that they can't. I told this to, I told this to uh, boy Boise Z. I told him this. If the Rams don't win the Super Bowl, it's because of Matt Stafford. The only reason why. He is – everything's in his hands. Now, the other problem they could have is their running game is a little pedestrian. I was just thinking about that, yeah. That, I mean – Daryl Henderson. Cam, well, Cam Akers is gone. Uh-huh. You got Daryl Henderson, who I, he's I think solid. he's solid. He's fantasy solid. Yes, he'll give you fantasy numbers, but I don't. He's not dominant enough. People aren't afraid of him. Right now, defenses are terrified of Cooper Cup. They're def, definitely terrified of, Rob, of Woods, Robert mm-hmm. Woods. <laughs> um, uh, Tyler Higby's out there eating. Mm-hmm. He's solid. They they offensively they got it and their line is actually pretty solid. Yeah. It's gonna be about the decision making of Matt Stafford in a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And as long as they have home field throughout it, I think they'll be fine. But at the same time, like I said, the only problem I have is that I've learned a lesson, a very valuable lesson, is don't bet against Tom Brady. Just mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. Just don't when it comes to this. Because every time I have, I've taken an L. Okay. So all right, so I raised you the Packers and the Buccaneers and no how's that work? Never really played poker, so this didn't work out. You, I, is it? I see you. This, yeah, I'll race you see you. This. Exactly. Okay, so I'm gonna see. I see you. The Packers <laughs> He's and not the a Bucks. Poker player, obviously. At all, I need to learn one day. And I raise you the Dallas Cowboys. If Matthew Stafford and this team came up against the Cowboys with a healthy Dak in the playoffs, would you even take them above them? Because I can't even say that I would do that. No, and my apologies. Stafford has not won a playoff game. He's taken an L. He lost to the Saints in 11. Uh-huh. He lost to the Cowboys in 14. God, he's the one that lost to the Cowboys. <laughs> I, oh, my God. When was the last time that the Lions won a playoff game? <laughs> That's a good question, Jimmy. Is that Wayne Fonts and Barry Sanders? Is that the last time? It, it, it feels like it. I oh think they've got to, they have to have, have one before that. But, yeah, it feels like it. But <laughs> okay. And then, of course, they lost in 17 to the uh, Seattle Seahawks. They mm-hmm. lost all of them on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, Stafford's going to have home field so that's gonna be the good thing for him going up into the Super Bowl I just don't know what he's gonna produce for us in the playoffs yet I just don't know as long as because because there's no reason why the defense can't do everything Jalen Ramsey's a monster Aaron Donald is 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 not even a human being and mm. you add Von Miller to the mix like you said he could drop back to linebacker mm. and do the pass rush and he's a really good leader as well exactly so they've got three levels of mm. dominance potentially mm. if they need it so okay so why are we letting why are we putting only Matthew Stafford on the hook? Why not his coach Sean McVay? Because Sean McVay's been to the Super Bowl. So, so for that reason, Jared so Goff. That re- okay, so for his, that reason, his quarterback was Jared Goff, and he got a Super. Bowl. <laughs> Y'all have seen what Jared Goff looks like this season. I mean, I'm sorry, Jared, but we've seen you synced you this season. Either it's the, the the Lions are just that awful, and Matt Stafford propped them up, or you're awful. It's mm-hmm. one of the two, and we don't know. Your coach has already called you out. So I feel bad for him in that capacity. He's already said that we need Jared to step up. Well, Jared can't step up because if he steps up in the pocket, he gets hit. Yes. So there's a difference maker there. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I, don't, I still know Stafford in the playoffs yet. And, and, and it's mm-hmm. not because I don't like Matt Stafford. Is I don't, I don't like to put faith in players like that that I haven't seen actually give me the one thing that I haven't seen from him in the nine years of his career, which mm-hmm. is one playoff win. Mm. Now, he's had some solid performances. He wasn't 
awful in these games, but he threw a, he threw two picks against the Saints, which in 2012, the 2011 season, 12, they, their defense was really solid. Um, Dallas, he was okay, threw for 323 and a touchdown, but then against Seattle, he had 205 and no touchdowns on, on 32 attempts and 56% completion. I mean, I think in addition to this, there is a universe where he goes into this game after a really good season, and hopefully he does win the MVP like we predicted, yep. that he goes into a playoff game against one of these teams, plays well, but it's just that those quarterbacks are just better than him. Yeah. And that is, so it's possible that they could go into this. Everything could be clicking. Just about everything they need to happen it's happened for them to win a playoff game happens and they still lose. And then it's really no one's fault. And honestly, if Arizona is healthy, because for the MVP talk, Matt's the front runner now. Yes. Tyler's out. Yes. Uh, and we'll talk about him later. Same thing with Derrick Henry. So most of your, your mm-hmm. MVP candidates are kind of falling down the line besides Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Stafford has no excuse not to win it now. Like Cooper cup is unreal right now. Like I mentioned, so he should be able to get that. The question is going to be, how is this, is this going to be sustainable into the playoffs? And that's really the only question we have. And transitioning from there. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. Sunday night football. <laughs> so Dak Prescott adding to the list of people that are down. Mm-hmm. Actually, both my fantasy quarterbacks are out, which is I noticed awful. that um, time to make some trades or pray. Um, <laughs> but Dak Prescott did not play this past Sunday. The Dallas Cowboys faced the uh, Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota Mm -hmm. on the road. And they pulled out a dub with Cooper Rush Mm -hmm. as starting quarterback who went 24 for 43, 25, two touchdowns and one INT. Um, They won 20 to 16. Jimmy, (laughs) did the Cowboys win this game or did the Vikings lose? The Cowboys won this game. I mean, they knew going into this game that without their leader, without Dak Prescott, everyone not only had to do their job, but to do their job at an exceedingly um, at an exceeding level than what they normally have to do. Because Dak, when you have a great quarterback like that, he allows for you to to just be good enough to just do your job, and that's enough. He takes care of the rest. But without him, in a sense, they knew that they had to do more. But I think that with the way Cooper Rush played. It's almost like they really didn't have to do more. Now he's obviously he's a backup for a reason. Mm-hmm. He's not Dak Prescott, and once Dak is one hundred percent healthy, which right now Dak is saying that he's going to be healthy to practice Thursday, leading into their next game against Denver, I believe, who they should crush. Um, crush, yeah. So they they won this game. They took this game from and even from the quarterback position with Cooper Rush. There were certain throws that he made. They were they were called. You could they were they were aggressive. They were. They were like win now throws. Yeah. Like, you know, there wasn't really anything conservative into that point with how the game was called, with the types of throws that he made. Kellen Moore 
they need to move Mike McCarthy out of the head coaching position and no. put him in there because if you don't, he's going to be coaching for a different team next season. That's the only way you keep him in the building. Called a masterful game plan. Oh, yeah, he did. Oh, no, and, and I 100%. Executed it. Yeah. yeah, 100%, especially, like you said, without having Dak, mm-hmm. this Cowboys team is very Dak-centric. We saw it at the beginning of the game, yeah. and it kind of – Materialized later, the defense did their job. They held them to 16 points, especially really an offense really as explosive as the Vikings. Even though, what's that? Uh, Kirk Cousins is what, like 8 and 34 versus teams with winning records, mm. and he's actually winless in prime time, which is why I kind of was thinking you were bold with your pick, I and I got it. it. I got it. I got, I got you. But he is winless <laughs> yes. in prime time. When it comes down to it, yes, he is. He is it's as, and that's just – and that's just. we don't get Kirk Cousins. We get Kirk. I got a new name for him, Cursed Cousins. Cursed Cousins. I like that. But that offense, I mean, with Jefferson, with Thielen, Dalvin Cook, they have an extremely explosive offense, yes. and the Cowboys were able to contain that. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed by that, if anything. I thought that they were going to start getting torched because this is the one thing that the Cowboys do. I mentioned this about Diggs. Diggs is one of the – in my power rankings I let, uh, released last week, um, the Cowboys defensively is great. The one problem they have, like with Diggs, he leaves league in interceptions, but he lives and dies by that interception, which is why he leads the league in yards given up in mm-hmm. coverage. Mm-hmm. He's number one, and then Anthony Brown is number like <laughs> he's like he's number two. Anthony Brown's number four. Right. They had a bye week last week, <laughs> so in the bye week after the bye week was over, they were still two and four. Mm-hmm. That tells you they just give up yards, but they live and die. Like I said they live and die by that interception, and that's gonna be it. Can be it can cost you against the wrong team. You put, do that against Tampa Bay. You do that against Mike Evans. We saw that first game of the season. But I'm talking about later as they develop and they realize, oh, this is what they're going to do. Godwin and Evans are going to eat them alive. So you've got to be able to par that down and, or or you better have a master for pass rush. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, and speaking of the Dallas defense, I'll tell you this, and I didn't truly realize this until this game. If Cooper, Rupp, Cooper Rush was the MVP on the offensive side, Randy Gregory is the MVP, in the MVP on the defensive side hmm. because he – Sacks-wise, I mean, he's not getting a lot of sacks, but he's putting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And just like I said a few minutes ago, you need a really good to great player at every level of your defense. We know who their linebacker is Mm -hmm. in Parsons. We know who Trayvon Diggs is. But Randy Gregory, he has more than filled the void that we thought was going to be left by Demarcus Lawrence to where when Demarcus Lawrence comes back, just put him in opposite Randy Gregory. Mm -hmm. I don't know if – I can't recall if, if Gregory plays on the left or the right. But do not move him wherever he is right now. When Lawrence comes back, do Let not him move be there. him. Force Lawrence to play on the opposite side of him, whatever that means. Because Randy Gregory, honestly, the way Gregory is playing now, he's getting more pressure on the quarterback than Tank Lawrence has since he signed his contract. He had three QB hits. Mm-hmm. I need to look up the pressures, but he had three hits. Like he, he's, he's getting there, and that's a big deal. That's mm-hmm. something you need for your defense to flourish in this league. You need your line to protect your man, and you need mm-hmm. a guy to go get theirs. If you got those right. two, right. it's a it's a um it's a recipe for success. Mm-hmm. And right now the Cowboys got it. So uh them boys, if y'all y'all keep doing what y'all doing, actually I didn't have the Rams making it to the NFC championship. I had the Cowboys making yes. it to the NFC championship. So that's my bad on the last segment. Um but they got they hey, hey. I, the only concern I got is when they have to go against the Rams. Uh-huh. I don't know at this point. Okay, so check this out. All right, so the next two games are against the Broncos and the Falcons. Yes. Right? And we know how important Dak Prescott is to this team, especially coming off that injury and having this recent calf injury in the same leg as he had the catastrophic injury last 
you know, yeah. last year. So knowing that it takes teams about four games to really get enough tape on a quarterback or a backup, someone mm-hmm. that they haven't seen before, mm-hmm. in order to make things difficult for them, what do you think about even if Dak says he's healthy and looks good in practice, at least holding him out for this next game, if this is what Cooper Rush can actually provide for this team, which should be more than enough to beat Denver and Atlanta. Chubb is still out for the Broncos, isn't he? Uh, Brandon Chubb? I'm I not think, sure. I think, I think he's still out. I have to look that up really quick. Uh-huh. Um, but if they're playing the Broncos, they're playing the Broncos and the Falcons at home, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Sit back. There's, that, that's actually a really good thing for them. Um, I don't see Chubb on the injury report. I knew he was for a while. But, um, hey, I would – that actually might not be a bad strategy to mm-hmm. where they can make sure that Dak comes back healthy mm-hmm. and they're ready to go. So that's actually a damn good point. Yeah, think about it. Something to think about. Other things we think about here on Unfair Sports every Monday, Jimmy leads us with the news. And now Jimmy has the news. Ah, thank you, Wendy. All right, so Jay, if you were wondering about New Orleans Pelicans star Zion Williamson and his recovery, I wasn't. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, it's looking like he's progressing and that from a fractured foot that he had surgery on and that he's going to be out for at least another two to three weeks. Uh, I know you probably saw the video that had everybody to some degree body shaming Zion Williamson working out before a game a couple of days ago. There's one from practice this morning where he looks he's shooting free throws, but he looks more like himself. Something about that video was just weird and he was moving around very gingerly. But um, it looks like we should get Zion back in New Orleans in about a month, I'll say. That's good. The New Orleans needs them. They need to. I want to see them healthy for a year. I don't think Zion's ever going to be healthy, though, like for a full season. I think we'll probably get 60 out of him on a consistent basis. But I don't know. Based upon his early career, I don't know if we can get him past 60. I pray we do, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you see a lot of like load management in his future with good reason. Uh, because he's too important to that franchise, and he's really important to the NBA as far as one of the faces. He was on NBA 2K along with Dame Lillard last right. year. Right. So, um, so I think that they do need to sort of somewhat micromanage him. But I'm really curious to see what he looks like next to Jonas Valanciunas, who's just eating people alive oh, God. in the middle. That was, I mean, that was such a fantastic trade for them with Brandon Ingram. So we'll see what they can do with that. All right. So, um, as many people already know, uh, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, Derek Henry's uh, foot injury that is going to require surgery is going to keep him out for an extended period of time, potentially for the rest of the season. And it looks like the Titans have been very active today in order to help fill that void as much as possible by signing future Hall of Famer Adrian Peterson to the practice squad with the intention of getting him into the active roster and potentially into the starting lineup. So as someone who we know very well around here, Boomer. Uh, <laughs> um, Sooner. And this is assuming that he's, he's been keeping himself healthy and I'm sure he has. If he got to this team that quickly, they do a physical. Um, it's going to be great to see him back out there. Yeah. I mean, dude is a, um, dude's a machine. Like, we've always thought that it's ridiculous that he's been as good as he was for as long as he was. Mm-hmm. So, I think that he can be serviceable. He runs a similar style as what they do today. So, to be honest, it's actually a really good fit. The only thing about him is that he's old. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's old in football years. Mm-hmm. And that's that's probably your only concern is, is if at his age, does he is he really going to really, really contribute? Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think that them being this, uh, this proactive and this aggressive, shows the rest of that team, especially off of that win yesterday, that gutsy win that they had yesterday in Indianapolis, that they're still all in on this season, that the AFC is very much up and down at the top from week to week. So they've got just as good of a chance as anyone. Well, they did 
<laughs> obviously have a much better chance with Derrick Henry, but they can at least stay in the mix with Adrian Peterson. So I do really like that signing, and I'm curious to get him back out there, see what he looks like. Yeah. We'll All right. So, so lastly, um, if you have a chance, can you call your boy KD and see what's going on with him? Yeah. Not that he had a tough weekend. They won their games this weekend, but one game he got fined 25000 for throwing the ball into the stands, and it looked like somewhat of an accident, which 25000 for that particular infraction seems excessive. And he was thrown out of the game yesterday on a flagrant two for giving the forearm shiver to the side of the head of Kelly Olenek, who is a bit of a dirty player, but um, it seemed unnecessary. They went ahead and won the game by over 20 points anyway. But um, talk to that boy. Yeah, yeah. you good, KD? <laughs> Right. Now, I mean, real talk, man, because um, you got flamed pretty hard on Twitter a few uh, a couple of days ago. We ain't really seen you much <laughs> since you got flamed by Dragonfly Jones uh, when you came at him uh, on the bird for no reason. Oh, really? Oh, he came for Dragonfly Jones. Uh, this is basically what happened. This is the interaction. Dragonfly Jones said that he loves Kyrie's game, but Hoopers love Kyrie's game, as in Hooper, he's a Hooper's Hooper. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what it was. Kyrie is a Hooper's Hooper. Right. Uh, I love Kyrie's game, but Hoopers love Kyrie's game. So Kevin Durant jumped in his mentions and said, because you're a casual. He called him a casual. So Dragonfly Jones replied right back, a fully vaccinated casual. <laughs> <laughs> and we ain't heard from KD since. Uh-huh. And I think ever since then, he has been in his head. So I blame Dragonfly Jones for this one. Shout out to Dragonfly Jones for getting hey. his head like this. Yeah. But I think that's who we're going to blame it on. <laughs> is, that's, is, that's as good as what I got. Yes. <laughs> is that it? Is it snooze? And that was Jimmy with the news. Thank you, Bob. Oh, man. All right. All right. Casual. <laughs> okay. So, so how is this? All right. So, he says Hoopers love Kyrie's game. Kevin Durant calls him a casual. What about that did he think Dragonfly Jones was saying? That Hoopers don't love your game because they love Kyrie's game? Like, where, no. Where's the diss in that? Right. He, he, he came out assuming that he was dissing Kyrie. And nothing about what he said was a diss what? to Kyrie at all. Like, it literally, he said that I love his game. But Hoopers love his game as if, like, Hoopers just have even more enamored by what Kyrie like does. a greater appreciation. Exactly. But KD just, he he decided to jump into mentions and say that. And then when he called him, because he had the, 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 the finger emoji on there and said, yeah. a fully vaccinated <laughs> casual. And, of course, the internet erupted. Okay. I, it I was so just, then, So then yeah. that gets in his head about, dang, this would have been so much easier with Kyrie here. I know this may not cost us now, but it's going to cost us later. So he's aggravated and frustrated. Ky- the Kyrie situation is bothering him, and he's just he doesn't want to admit He doesn't know it. what to do because he, want, he wants to, you know, he has his loyalty to Kyrie Irving, but at the same time, he understands how this is going to affect things on the basketball end. As we're diving into this, yeah. James Harden said that man's full government name when he was talking about him. Well, Kyrie Irving, we decide what Kyrie Irving wants to do, and it's kind of like <laughs> – no one ever said no, no no there was no Kai, there's no Kyrie. Right. There was nothing. no, it was the full government. I'm surprised he throws his middle name in there. Mm-hmm. He throws his middle name in there and it's like, all right, James Harden's out. I think James Harden's out on the situation, but that's a conversation for another day because right. as we get more into the NBA, it's gonna be a lot more to talk about. So with that <sighs> I mean Hoopers love Kevin Durant's game too. They do. <laughs> He's just mad. He had to be mad, dog. <laughs> He's a dog or something something to show him love every day he needs a for real something so anyway <laughs> jump to the next one sure right afford that yep <laughs> yeah get me off of this let's go <laughs> jimmy's like i'm done with this mess um cost football 
which is uh of course been a oh man season um we have the Oklahoma Sooners pulled out that big victory against uh, Texas Tech, fifty-two to what, twenty-one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Georgia went out and, in theory, dog walked Florida, <laughs> twenty thirty-four to seven. Mm-hmm. And it had me asking the question of what do we need to do to get Oklahoma versus Georgia in these playoffs. So let's recap the games, and we'll talk about that on the back end. So, okay. Oklahoma. Offense was on it. Defense did their job for the most part throughout it. Um, they did what they should. They kept their hands up. They deflected passes. They turned the oven on. We got turnovers. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. You want those turnovers. And the more turnovers you get, the better your team's going to play. Um, especially we got a quarterback like Caleb Williams who's out there throwing six touchdowns, no interceptions. <laughs> uh, I, it, it, was, it was a game that was just chef's kiss. His passes were on point. He was elusive and slippery. Mm-hmm. I'm in the stands just screaming like, this is this is the growth that I didn't expect for about four more games. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, <clears throat> 402, six touchdowns. How impressed were you with this performance by OU? Uh, well, from a reading the box score standpoint, since I did not see the game, <clears throat> um, it's in a way it's not impressive because Ooh. this is what <clears> – <throat> OU fans have come to expect from this type of offense, especially when you have a quarterback, this dynamic. So it's impressive in the sense that this is what we hadn't been seeing, and we didn't know if we were going to see performances like this throughout the rest of the season, how the majority of their wins have been close games, very un-OU-like. So Mm -hmm. to see this, it's like, okay, they're back on track. This is business as usual. This is what OU football on offense is supposed to look like. So there's a sense of not only comfort to that, but anticipation in the sense that if this offense can continue to play this way, then like we're going to talk about, we just might get exactly what we're looking for in the college football playoff. That's true. And but and the funny thing is, this is really un-OU-like in this game. I think that's what makes it most impressive to me. They had 72 rushing yards. Mm-hmm. That is not OU. That's not OU offense. I mean, even with the high passing yards, OU always has about 100-something yards rushing, combination of quarterback and running. You usually get all of that. You didn't get that. Kennedy Brooks had eight carries the entire game. Marcus Major had five, and that's because of the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Caleb had to scramble five times, and then Eric. Well, I think he had like two design runs, and then Eric Gray had a couple runs. So it was it was opposite of what we're we're accustomed to with the rushing side. Because mm-hmm. Caleb, you can tell he wasn't looking to run; he was right. looking to scramble to get a good pass off, and he mm-hmm. didn't master. Okay, I see with what that. this is. So that's a within game bye week for the running backs. Because yeah, they, they see, because they can see the just how much he's picking apart the defense as well. So they're like, well, I mean, why would you feed us when you don't have to? Just give us, you know, especially at that running back position and how many hits you take all game long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give him a rest. I mean, Texas Tech has nothing in their secondary that can stop this team. So give him a rest. Yeah, and it looked like it. I mean, Texas Tech is not a bad team. They're gonna make a bowl game, even though they just fired their head coach, right? Because <laughs> they knew that they're gonna take they're gonna take a whole bunch of L's moving forward. But they'll win one more game that'll get them into the into mm-hmm. a make them bowl eligible. They're five and four right now. The defense did their job. Like I said, the biggest part about the defense doing their portion of it is that they turned that oven on. What I mean by turn the oven on, they they they, they got the bakery going. Mm-hmm. They started the line started putting their hands up. And that's the one thing I've always complained about OU's defense is that the linebackers and the defensive line doesn't throw their hands up enough. Mm-hmm. Get a tip. If you tip the ball and it and it just flunders around, somebody's gonna snatch it up. And that's what happened with those two picks. Both of them were off deflection. It was picture perfect. So then you go to the other side. You got Georgia mm-hmm. versus Florida. Oh my God, Jimmy! Oh my God, I I 
I don't understand how this is possible. And I feel like we're kind of underrating how ridiculously good the Georgia Bulldogs defense is. Let me tell you about this game. I know you looked at the box and play by play. I watched a lot of the game. Let me explain something to you that happened in this game. Mm -hmm. Florida led in yards by one yard. Three was a three fifty two to three fifty three, three fifty five to three fifty four. Mm-hmm. So Florida had more yards than Georgia in this game, in which Florida's outgained every team they played against. But that's neither here nor there. Time of possession thirty two to twenty seven. So the time of possession was all Florida. Florida was out there. Georgia scored twenty one points in twenty one seconds. <laughs> yeah. And guess what? They don't have an actual good offense. Like no shade to Georgia fans, and you know y'all were in the last video. And we appreciate all those, all of that, and you guys yeah, understand yeah. what we're saying. Your team isn't set on offense; it's defense. Stetson Bennett did not play very good in this game, or Barnett, whatever his name is. He didn't play very well. Bennett, I was right. Stetson Bennett did not play very well in this game. Mm-hmm. He was ten for nineteen, one sixty-one, a touchdown, two picks. Florida got three turnovers in this game. Georgia got three turnovers in this game. You know the difference between the two. Georgia scored after every turnover that they got. Mm-hmm. Florida turned the ball over after every turnover they got. <laughs> That's basically what happened in this game. That was the feeling behind it. Like I said, they scored three. They scored three touchdowns in twenty-one seconds, Jimmy. Twenty-one points, twenty-one seconds. After they turned the ball over from Florida, they go score on one play. Next play, Florida got on the field. Turn the ball over. Georgia scores in one play. The next time, Florida throws a pick six. This was all. In, this it basically just separated it in the second quarter. So mm-hmm. that defense is ridiculous. The offense, I mean, Zamir White, solid. I mean, he had 100 yards rushing on, on 14 carries. So seven yards a carry is not bad. They they have enough, but they know that they can just lean on their defense to do all the work. And their defense mm-hmm. is just absurdly good. And it's funny, in the presser, Kirby Smart and Dan Mullins kind of talked about the differences between the two teams. Mm-hmm. You know the big difference between the two, right? Kirby said it. You can't out-coach recruiting. You can't out-coach <laughs> stars. If you want to win, you got to have stars. Mm-hmm. That's a paraphrase of what Kirby Smart said, but he basically said you cannot out-recruit. You can't out-coach recruits, mm-hmm. good recruits. And Dan Mullen, I don't think he wants to recruit or knows how to. So when you looked at this, what, what, what jumped out to you in this game? Well, it's not so much the game itself. It's how the game fits into how their season has looked so far. I tried to think of of a stat without getting too next-gen analytics about it that really encompasses how great this defense is. And before I give you that stat, you think about it this way. You think about how I always go go to – really, I've learned there's two things that a great defense has to, has, has to have. Besides having a great player at every level of the defense, they have to, they have to apply pressure. Yes. Constantly without having to blitz. That's something that's been evident of any great defense you've ever seen in the history of college football, and a truly great defense, history of college football, history of the NFL. They all have that one thing in common, pressure, constant pressure, because that leads to turnovers. That leads to miscues. All the things that the office doesn't want to happen, pressure creates those things. Yep. So the stat I came up with, really simple, really simple and easy. You can do it yourself in your head or with a calculator. I wanted to know how many points a game this team has given up this season in eight games. They're averaging 6.6 points given up in this game, which they gave up, what, seven to Florida? In college football, 6.6 points a game. They're, whether it's recruiting, schematics, whatever it is. Drugs. Drugs. Alcohol. Alcohol. (laughs) Video games. There is no answer for defense 
that is not going to give you more than about seven points a game. I think the most they've given up this year is I think 13 to South Carolina. There is absolutely positively no answer to that. Yeah, no, you're right. And and that's kind of the biggest problem. Yeah, they gave up um, 13. They gave up 13 to South Carolina, yep. 13 to uh, Kentucky, uh, mm-hmm. Kentucky 10 to Auburn. Mm-hmm. Um, Everybody else, seven or less. Yep, yep. Seven or less, and that's basically how they play. This is the crazy stat that I saw within them as far as defenses goes. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022, and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. And now, this kind of makes me, this this is where my excitement comes in for OU versus Georgia. Yeah, I, got each other. Yeah, I got something for that. Yeah. Th- th- this, is what, this is what got my attention. Georgia is giving up 3.76 yards per play. Mm-hmm. That is the lowest in college football. They also have given up six total touchdowns. <laughs> Five five offensive, six total touchdowns. Uh-huh. The next person to them in total touchdowns is Toledo at 12. <laughs> They've given up half as many touchdowns as Toledo and Penn State at 12. Mm-hmm. They're second in yards per game to Wisconsin, who has a really good defense. Mm-hmm. But yards per play, seven, 3.76, obscene, obscenely dominant. That's dominance. Oklahoma on the other side, though, yes. is number three. In college football, in yards per play at 7.25, right behind Coastal Carolina and Ohio State. Mm-hmm. They've <clears> scored 47 touchdowns, which is number one in the country, but they're 14th in yards per game at 477. Mm-hmm. So they kind of pull the reins back. Mm-hmm. And then shout out to the Sooner fans who were very classy. As the game was getting blown out, mm-hmm. the fans started chanting Rattler, Rattler. They put in Spencer Rattler, nice. and they all cheered very loudly for uh-huh. Spencer when he went out there. Spencer went five for five, six some yards, and a touchdown, and everyone was ecstatic. That's, that's, for a, that's a bit of an apology. It's basically it? an apology that hey, we wanted you on the bench, we don't want you gone from the team <laughs> type situation. <laughs> right. So, yeah. looking at that comparison mm-hmm. of the the dominance of OU's offense and Georgia's mm-hmm. defense, who you got? You got OU's offense. Or do you would you take Georgia's defense? I'll take Georgia's defense because the only way to withstand that type of pressure is you have to have a great offensive line. And OU has had great offensive lines in the past, in the recent past, but I don't think they do this year. Mm. Now, it would take some I won't say a miracle, but it would it would take some some NFL Sean McVay Kyle Shanahan level game planning yeah, in order to <laughs> in order to work with that, in order to design a game plan that incorporates the kind of pressure that you're going to get. So it is possible. I think if anybody in college football can do that is Lincoln Riley, but it would, it would have to be some, some type of changes on the offensive line. Not that their offensive line is bad. Their offensive line is good, but in order to take on this type of team, you would have to make some changes. Now, 
the I believe the first rankings of the College Football Playoff Committee come out tomorrow evening, right? Mm-hmm. Here's what they need to do. It's very simple, very easy. Certain things we already know. What they've got to do is they've got to figure out a way. Well, they don't have to figure this out. George is going to do it themselves. George is going to stay in the one spot. They've got to make sure OU stays in the second or third spot. Because mm. you want this type of matchup, this type of great offense versus great defense matchup, if you can get it in the college football playoff at all, it's a victory. But the bigger W is if you can get that in your championship game, especially against a team that has a brand like OU. Yeah. So you keep them in that two or three spot. Keep Alabama at the – well, yeah, keep Alabama at the four. I guess you would have Cincy at two or three, OU at two or three. Keep them there because what's going to happen is Alabama's going to win out, Georgia's going to win out, Georgia's going to beat Alabama – in the SEC championship, and then you will move in either Michigan State, if they stay undefeated, or Ohio State, if they don't lose any more games. Mm -hmm. Then you face them in the first round. You have OU and Cincy, which I think would actually be a fun game. Oh, yeah. In that 2-3 spot, both teams win, and then you get them in your final. That's what you need. That's the best television show. That you, I agree with you. The question is going to be, what does Oklahoma look like against Oklahoma State in that Bedlam game? Oklahoma State actually has a pretty they have a good, good freaking defense this yeah. year. They're they are the seventh-ranked defense in yards per game this season. They're only giving up 4.65 yards per play, which is good for 10th. Um, and they're barely giving up any touchdowns. 14 total, tu- fourteen touchdowns, uh-huh. 16 total. It's perfect. So, yeah, it's, per- it's, it's perfect, perfect for OU because that's a really good test. That's a really good warm-up yes. for some version of what you're going to see in the college football playoff yeah. if you make it to Georgia. So it's going to be a tough game. It's a rivalry game. It's a bedlam game. We know that. In Stillwater, too. In Stillwater. So, so you're looking at maybe for OU a maybe 10, 7 to 10, maybe 10 to 14 point victory. Not a 30 point victory, but you're looking right. more at that. But that's okay. This will train you. This will help to prepare you for what you're going to see. Yeah, so I, I agree with you. I would take Georgia's defense. If the game was played, I think I'm going to take Oklahoma, mm-hmm. not only being a homer, <laughs> but OU's defense is way better than Georgia's offense. Hmm. That's an, I, mean, that's I think that's, that's going to be the difference maker. Now, if Caleb goes out there and just get willy nilly and just giving the ball up to everybody, you mm-hmm. got a problem. And, but like you said, the pass rush with Georgia is ridiculous. But right. Caleb is slippery. Okay. Like he's shown that against everybody. All right. So to that point about Caleb, now tell me this: <clears throat> when you incorporate his his leadership, his maturity, his decision making, do you see 2019 Trevor Lawrence? In Caleb Williams, the same Trevor Lawrence, who as a true freshman, as a teenager, went in in a college football final against Alabama and boat raced him. Do you see Caleb Williams <laughs> being able to do that? Because that's exactly as a, what, a 19-year-old that he's going to have to do if they face this Georgia team. And we know how this game can go. We've been around Georgia fans at an OU game. We know how crazy We need revenge. We need revenge. I didn't think about that. That's true. We need revenge. Yes. Forget that. And, and, and I think in this situation, <laughs> if it gets to where – because that Georgia defense was ridiculously good too. It was. They had a really good defense that year. They were down 31-14 to 7, 14 at the half. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that, to me – and this is what I think I saw in this Texas Tech game, is that because Lincoln Riley didn't pull Caleb out until late in fourth, mm. well, mid-fourth. Mm. He's going to keep the gas going. And that's what's most important. If he, if he takes his foot off the gas, you need to take Texas model, all gas, no brakes. Literally. <laughs> you, need to, you need to score nonstop, piss off everybody. If you could put 100 on somebody, put 100 on somebody. Mm. There's no excuse not to if you have the capabilities to because if you got if you try to pull up on these type of teams, mm-hmm. their defense is going to slow you down. The clock's not going to run like the way you want it to. Mm. They're going to get the ball and they're going to have a chance. And the last thing you want to do is put your gassed defense on their offense because it never works when your defense is gassed, in which we saw at the Rose Bowl mm-hmm. in Pasadena mm-hmm. in person. So right. that's 
football gods, give us Oklahoma, do your part. Georgia, do your part. Give us Oklahoma, Georgia in the national championship. All right, so Jay, it's fitting that it was Halloween weekend because as far as the Frozen Five, it was a weekend of horrors for me. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, one of my worst performances in a very long time. Went one and four. Uh, I'm going to give the four L's first, then go into the one dub. First L, you had the Colts minus one at home against the Titans. It was working out perfectly. Just exactly what I thought was going to happen in this game outside of the fast start happened, except that Carson Wentz turned into Philadelphia Eagles bad Carson Wentz and coughed up a turnover, a pick six actually at the end of the fourth and uh, an interception in overtime, which allowed the Titans to drive down, get a field goal game over, especially given that Derrick Henry was hobbled. I think he only had 68 rushing yards. It was all there for them. Staying pace in the division. All that's over with now. Thank you, Carson Wentz. Um, I believed in you and I don't anymore. Next pick. <laughs> Dang. One of my worst picks ever. Um, the I had the Jags plus three and a half in Seattle coming off of a bye. I like the way they look in London two weeks prior. I thought Urban Meyer had put that foolishness in his personal life behind him or at least other stories had taken our attention. Yeah. And uh, it didn't matter. They looked like a rookie team with a rookie coach and a rookie uh, quarterback. They looked terrible. Geno Smith looked like Warren Moon and there was no chance in that game after the first quarter. I'm embarrassed by you, Jaguars. I'm never betting on you Again, I don't care if I'm getting plus 30. Uh, screw you. Bad pick. Never again. Up next. Now, this surprised me. In a way, it shouldn't have, but it did. The Bucks had the Bucks minus five and a half on the road in the Saints against the Saints. If I was going to take this game, I probably should have taken it at home because Brady, outside of the playoffs, and maybe even in that playoff game that they won last season, has really struggled against this Saints team. Even though it's a small sample size, it was big enough for me to be able to see. I probably should have laid off of this game. Um... He just does not play well against his team. He was full on a fourth quarter drive in order to oh, – that was to win the game, wasn't it? Brady doesn't throw picks. He barely throws incomplete passes. He was fooled. He didn't know exactly what he was looking at. And there were spots that there was happening throughout the game. Couldn't believe it. I mean, maybe one in 100 games it happens, but this happened to be that one game. I should have known. The game that I needed him to give me a game winning right. drive, he didn't And that. It. And we lost hundreds. That, anyway. So, tough victory. They'll bounce back. He's still the GOAT. But yeah, uh, it's lost, true. lost Bucks minus five and a half. Last uh, L was when we had talked about, had the Vikings plus one and a half. I felt like all the things were working together in order for Kirk Cousins to not be cursed Cousins as he is now and win this game, especially once it was declared that Dak was out. But Cooper Rush, he looked like the quarterback who should be getting paid what Kirk Cousins is getting paid. And Kirk Cousins looked like he should be getting paid what Cooper Rush is getting paid. Should have known. He's I mean he's burned us multiple times this just this season alone. Should have stayed off of them, but it felt really good. I still think there were spots where they could have covered this spread, but Curse Cousins was Curse Cousins. And not that he played a bad game. He just didn't do enough enough to elevate his team beyond that uh that touchdown that he threw to Adam Thielen, I think on their first drive. So that was embarrassing. But shout out to the Cowboys. They took it. They played well. Everybody contributed. Fantastic victory for them. Um, only W was my own San Francisco 49ers uh, covering a four-point spread, winning 33-22. to uh, Jimmy G, playing in his home state, had two rushing touchdowns over 300 yards because he was playing for his job. And uh, the rookie running back, Elijah Mitchell, Ooh, has, asserted, ha, eight, has asserted himself as the lead back in this backfield. He's like their, He was like a fifth or sixth round pick. So he played well, as well as uh, Debo Samuel, who teams just don't have an answer for. Just a guy who's a running back in the wide receiver position. His name's Debo. De <laughs> right, exactly. Snatching chains all over the field. So they got me my one W. So we went one and four. 
Um, Jay, I'm sure you would get us back on the winning train, and then I could follow in your wake after that. So one and four, I don't see that happening again this season, but that is what happened. Yeah, hopefully I can get us to a uh, five and a week. And yes, pull that us is. back into our standard uh, way of play. But yes, so um, continuing with the weekend of horrors that we saw as far as injuries in the NFL, oh and not just injuries because we see that every week in the NFL. We're talking about impactful season altering injuries. So, for instance, you had uh, Derrick Henry with the oh. uh, with the foot, and they pray it's not a Jones fracture because that is a season-ending injury. He's going to have surgery. We'll know more later. You have Jameis Winston tearing his ACL and uh, suffering MCL damage as well in the game against the Bucks. So he's out for the season. Have been having a really good season. Fourteen Call from the horse collar tackle that they've been trying to get rid of. Exactly. People, people were blinded by the oh they didn't grab inside the middle back of his 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 mm-hmm. his um, shoulder pads. They're yep. like no that's not a horse collar. No that included the back part of the shoulder pads. They didn't want you to grab underneath the pad mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. or up here. If you look at the read the rule that the reason why it's there is because of this type of injury it twists people up. Yep hated it hated it. Um Kyler Murray in the Thursday night game suffered. A high ankle sprain, I believe, in that last drive. Yes. It's a pretty bad looking high ankle sprain as well. Yep. Uh, in, in the route two, losing their first game against the Packers. Uh, Daniil Hunter, the anchor of that Vikings defense that we saw last night, has a torn peck. He most likely will be out for the season and was out for all of last season as well with a neck injury. <clears throat> and then you have uh, Dak Prescott still with that calf injury that's lingered uh, over the last couple of weeks, who was out in this game, maybe beyond that. So, of, <clears throat> of these five injuries, these five impactful injuries, Jay. Which would you say is the most impactful? Derrick Henry. Hmm. That Titans team is centered around everything that Derrick Henry does. Mm -hmm. Like, he is the MVP. I mean, he leads the league in rushing. I think the next closest person was like 450 (laughs) yards away. (laughs) Roughly. (laughs) What is this? That's how. Right. Exactly. Like, dude, what what is this? Like, this is not. (laughs) This ain't ain't even fair this season. But, no, he, he is. He he's the he's their team and they need him and that's kind of where I feel like without him Julio's hurt mm-hmm. didn't didn't I say that Julio was gonna have an injury <laughs> issue at his age there we go <clears throat> I swore to God I told Titans fans this and they hate me for it but Julio's down you're losing Derrick Henry now you gotta rely all oh, everything's now on the shoulders of Ryan Tannehill and. I don't know how much faith I would put in Tannehill because this season he has not been looking very good. Uh, you can tell that he misses his OC. Uh, and that mm-hmm. was kind of what I thought was going to happen when Arthur Smith left. Arthur was pretty creative with him. He let Tannehill do his own thing. Now the new play caller, hmm. it's not looking as good. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do, even adding Adrian Peterson. And I like Adrian Peterson as an addition to this roster. Mm-hmm. He does have a similar run set up as the way Derrick Henry runs. And Derrick Henry has – he almost has 1,000 yards rushing already in, in halfway through he the season. He was going to break Eric Dickerson's record this year. He probably was. 937 with Joe Mixon right behind him. Joe Mixon, good Lord, mm-hmm. at 572. <laughs> That's a gap. And it also tells you about usage. Mm-hmm. That's a high usage percentage. I think he touches the ball 96% of the time on the field or something like that. It's crazy. That's absurd mm-hmm. when I saw that step. But anyway, if all of them, Derrick Henry, I think he's the most significant. What you got? I'm going to say it's Kyler Murray, Ooh. Um, particularly because he's at the, the quarterback position. And I know just you just enumerated 
all the many reasons why Derrick Henry's injury is going to impact this Titans team um, in a negative way. So, I mean, so all, all that's totally true, and that's going to they're, they're not going to be able to get through the playoffs without him. I understand that. But with Kyler Murray with a high ankle sprain, for one, it's the, it's the worst kind of ankle sprain you can have between a high and a low. And I think it was it was either Schefter or Glazer who said it's a one- to three-week injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but those high ankle sprains, you have to really be careful with them. They can linger throughout the season, and they take longer to heal as opposed to a low ankle sprain. And someone like Kyler Murray, who has just this incredible mobility, and it's a big part of, the, of how he buys himself time, um, I mean, he needs his ankles both. He needs them both 100% in order to do what he does. So I think that between him being the quarterback, between this type of injury, the one thing that maybe mitigates that a little is that he's young, which presumes that he will be able to heal from it faster as opposed to like when LeBron James got the same injury last year and he was out like a month and a half, maybe longer. <laughs> so, so I get that. <laughs> he he but, was gone. But I think particularly with them losing J.J. Watt, I mean, anywhere J.J. Watt goes, he ultimately he immediately becomes the leader and the alpha dog in that locker room or yes. on that defense. So losing him, and if you'll notice, Chandler Jones played in this game against the Packers, but you wouldn't have noticed it because he didn't do anything. Nope. Because that shows you the impact, the intangible impact that missing J.J. Watt has. So since you're missing him – you needed Kyler Murray out there to help make up for that. And now he's not going to be out there for a few weeks. Uh, you only have one loss. You're still a playoff team. You're still good. But I think that the health of his ankle, the effects of that is going to reverberate throughout the rest of the season, just like his shoulder injury last year did. He came back, but he was never the same. And that's a big part of the reason why they didn't go further after a blazing start in September and October. So yeah. I see the exact same thing happening. And that was my biggest concern with Arizona was that Kyler health – Mm-hmm. Is is it's it's a cause of concern. He hasn't he hasn't stayed healthy, like you said. Mm-hmm. He heard it. He, his shoulder was sore this year. After I guess from last year, his shoulder was a little sore. One of those games, and they were saying that you know he was out there kind of winding mm-hmm. it up, but mm-hmm. he ended up you know still playing it well. But their starting quarterback now is going to be it looks like Colt McCoy. Ah, so that's where he is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is still. In the league. So we're going to see the Colt McCoy machine over the next couple of weeks. And we'll see if that leads to anything as Kyler is still working from that left uh, ankle injury. But like you said, it's a one to three week injury. We don't know if he's going to be done, but I mm-hmm. could totally see that. I, I, the Dak injury is a little worsome because it is the calf on the same side. He was number as, two on my list. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so on the same side as that ankle he hurt. I'm hoping it's not like an Achilles uh, att- uh, um, extending down to that seems like mm-hmm. it's not because he was moving around and he looked comfortable mm-hmm. uh, while he was preparing. He just was a little too uncomfortable to right. be able to play. So, like you said, if they let him rest for two weeks, I think they'll be fine. But that Kyler injury on top of JJ Watt being down, mm-hmm. whew, that 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 I mean, that's two anchors. Yes, for your team yes. that that could really hurt. Which, so, speaking of which, <clears throat> real quick. Given the, the injury to Kyler Murray and to Jameis Winston, do you see either one of those teams giving Cam Newton a call? So I saw a report that the Saints are not going to call Cam, but they need to. Because yes. Taysom Hill's coming off a concussion, and I think he's coming back this week. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't guarantee that you're going to want to start Taysom Hill every week without because Jameis is done. Mm-hmm. You know, that, and they had Trevor Simeon in there. He played good. He played well enough Simeon to win this game. Simeon played very good. He was good. And to be absolutely honest, Simeon's probably their best option. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like a uh, – he's got like a Drew Brees-is type setup. The yeah. throws were reminded me of Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. He th- when Drew Brees was younger and was throwing deeper, mm-hmm. he's not as accurate or he doesn't make the right – make the same decisions as him. Mm-hmm. But I think Trevor Simeon can do a really good job in this offensive setup because Sean Payton's a freaking genius. Mm-hmm. Period. 
He's a genius. Yeah, and he needs Sean Payton needs more credit with how this team has played against the Tom Brady Bucks yeah. these last couple of seasons. I mean, he's he is really good. He's a really underrated coach. He is very much underrated. So yeah. we'll see what happened with the Saints. I'm I'm sad. I'm really sad for Jameis. I was loving the Jameis uh revenge tour. I was yeah. having a blast yeah, watching 14 it. touchdowns, I think three picks, something like that. Yes, he was playing good. He I was mean, playing good. He wasn't putting out the yards to get into the season, but I think that was more so them trying to figure out how they want to run the offense. And at the mm-hmm. same time, who's their receivers? Right. Me. me. Right. I, play, I play for them. Exactly. Exactly. There's <laughs> a whole bunch of young people that we don't really know about yet yeah. and that we need to for them to grow. If they get Michael Thomas back, I think uh I think they'll be fine later. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll make a playoff push. Mm-hmm. They probably won't make it though. All right, Jay, before we wrap it up and put a bow on it, let's venture to the NBA. And I gotta tell you this. This um I won't say it's a new show, but the new setup on ESPN NBA today. Yeah. With Malika Andrews and uh, the panelists of everybody. Yeah, the panelists of everybody. You know, what you want in a show, whether it's NBA, NFL, whatever it is, is after watching that show, I should want to watch a game from that sport. Yeah. This is a really good show. I was watching it earlier today, and just with the topics and just the presentation of the show, I'm like, dang, I'm ready for some NBA tonight. This is a really good show. So speaking of which, in the NBA, uh, it's been an interesting season so far. We're two weeks into it. Um, I've enjoyed it. I imagine many of you have as well. And we've seen some surprises as far as how certain teams have performed thus far in the NBA season. You have four teams at five and one in the Eastern Conference and two teams at five and one in the Western Conference. In the East, you have the Knicks, you have the Bulls, the Heat, and the Wizards (laughs) at five and one of all teams. And in the West, you have the Warriors and the Jazz at five and one as well. So with those two, between those two conferences, just between those those six teams, is it fair or unfair to say that one or more of these teams will end up as a top two seed in their conference? Oh, it's fair. I think it's one hundred percent fair. I I have Utah leading the West. They are the, they are the perfect regular season team because mm-hmm. it seems like that's the only thing they care about because mm-hmm. then you just scheme Rudy Gobert <laughs> off the court and, over. They, and they lose um, especially in the playoffs mm-hmm. but I do see the Jazz as getting a one or two seed honestly I can see Golden State maintaining this because they're getting healthy Clay's coming they'll even be more healthy they'll, they'll look even more ridiculous but on the East I, I think it's fair as well mm-hmm. Miami I told y'all Miami two years ago when they went to the finals mm-hmm. The next year they were really bad, and I think the reason they were bad was similar to why the Lakers and a lot of the other teams that went deep into the playoffs were bad. They were exhausted. They didn't. The season did not end. The human body has limits, and they hit those limits. They got that rest. What little? Well, they got a lot of rest because they didn't make the, they didn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now they're back on it. Adding Kyle Lowry was easy because they are just a hustle grind team in general. Mm-hmm. Adding him with Bam Adebayo and a healthy Jimmy Butler, bro. Think Miami might um Miami's gonna give Milwaukee problems again. Mm-hmm. Just put it like that. And right now Milwaukee's three and four, not even gonna make the playoffs. Yikes. Yeah, they have they haven't won a home game this year, Milwaukee. Oh god. Too much champagne still on the court. Um, oh boy. I hate it when we completely agree. Because yeah, it I is like, too. okay, where do we go from here? But yeah, I completely agree. Jazz, like you said, totally built for the regular season. They love it. It's their baby. It makes them feel good about themselves. It's their championship. It makes them feel good about themselves. And then the inevitable happens. Then they activate the the Rudy Gobert button game plan, and then it's all over. So you have that. And uh, the Heat as well. I think 
for me, the Heat, they're one of the best defensive teams. And they, they really have been because when you're on a team with Jimmy Butler, that's pretty much what you have to be in order to be at his level. But I think they're one of the best defensive teams in the East as well. They were two, they were two years ago in the yeah, bubble. Okay, exactly, yeah, that's exactly. who they are. They're a defensive squad. Uh-huh. And they're, they're very focused. They play hard. They don't beat themselves. <laughs> I mean, if they continue to play this way, I mean, forget pushing Milwaukee. They can beat Milwaukee playing this way. I think they can beat Brooklyn, too. And you know what? You know who they need to beat? The Heat, they need to be the Rams of the NBA in the sense that we really like where we're at. We don't necessarily need any more than what we've got. But if we get a little bit more, that just makes us even more dangerous. That just makes things even better. Yeah, so, the, yeah the question is, who can they trade for or acquire mm-hmm. in free, as an unrestricted free agent that's going to want it off their team? Who they can they go yank? Whoever it is, Pat Riley will find them. That's true. That's what, he, that's what he's always been an aggressive GM, and that's part of the reason why they have the, the championships that they have. So, yeah, I agree with those two. Um, I don't think the Knicks or the Wizards are going to be there. Wizards, they're playing with a lot of chips on their shoulder just from oh, yeah. the L.A. trade and such. But it's good for them because they got to keep Bradley Beal there if they want to be a viable franchise. With the Knicks, I didn't believe in them when we did the preview show. I think that they're going to fall. I mean, obviously, they're still going to be a playoff team. So I did underestimate them somewhat. Yeah. So I could see them fall into five or six. Playing hard every night in defense gets you at least no no far no further than six seed. Yeah. But this Bulls team, and I haven't had a chance to sit down and watch this Bulls team play all the way through. Billy Donovan, as their coach, does bother me, but there's nothing not to like about their starting roster, which we've talked about before. So I could see the Bulls team really pushing that as well. The Warriors, I feel like they're still a bit too step-dependent. I mean, that's a big part of the reason why you ha- there's so much value in Clay Thompson. And Jordan Poole, he's done a good job filling in for Clay, but yeah. I mean, there's only one Clay. He's not Clay, right? right. So I think that they're going to fall a little bit <clears throat> as well because there's so much on Steph Curry's shoulders. Well, I mean, Steph Curry and Draymond, but more so on the offensive end, Steph Curry to truly be that engine. So they'll fall some. They're still going to be in the playoffs. I think I picked them to go to the Western Conference Finals against did. the Lakers. I have to look up. But yeah, yeah against the Lakers, something like that. But yeah, but Jazz, definitely. They... It's almost like, too, besides the Rudy Gobert playing in the playoffs, their defense is not as good in the playoffs either because that's a big part of what they live by in the regular season is that stifling defense, but it's it's not as good in the playoffs for some reason. It's because everybody gets him off the court. I mean, you can scheme around Rudy Gobert, and a yep. lot of teams don't show their cards mm-hmm. in the season. Right. They'll right. go out there and play. They'll let Stifle Tower do his thing. He'll mm-hmm. go win defensibility year. Woo-woo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have him converse about him in the, as an MVP. Oh, man, yep. he should win MVP. It's nothing about what he does should be MVP. He should remain as a top defender. Mm-hmm. But teams prepare themselves for what they know they're going to get out of him. Start scheming up. Bring him out. Force mm-hmm. him out. And then what I'm surprised is nobody's went up and just tried to start yamming on him. I, I'm waiting for somebody to just try to dunk on him all the time and uh, and really just 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 make it happen. But, See, okay. yeah. Why don't the Jazz get proactive? If you know that in the playoffs they're going to space the floor, they're going to move Rudy Gobert out, why don't you go get another five who you would put in who can actually who can actually shoot the ball? Right? Why, why don't you do that in order to offset that? That's a good question. Right. Because, I mean, the time to be aggressive is not later. The time to be aggressive is right now. If you really want to win a championship, like you said, if that franchise and their ownership is perfectly fine where where things at, where, where things are financially because they're really good in the regular season, then don't do anything. I mean, just get what you normally get and you'll be perfectly fine. But if they really want to compete for a championship in a Western Conference that isn't going to be settled all season long because just about anybody can beat anybody in the right matchup, I think they need to get aggressive too. That's what it's going to come down to. Who are going to be the aggressive teams in the NBA early instead of later? Yeah, that's true. That, that that's probably the biggest issue. Is the question is who's going to who's going to, who's going to make a move mm-hmm. right at the trade deadline to start shifting things around. I do like seeing that 
the wizards are out there hooping and I love it, looking happy. And you know and what? And I was telling carefree. Chris, I was telling this to Chris at the barbershop. <laughs> we've we've talked about you know how he feels about Russell Westbrook. So we've talked about how they could have had Buddy Hill over Russell Westbrook and what the consequences are of that. But just think about this, and I hated this because I love Trez Harrell and the way he was treated by the Lakers. I thought was was terrible as far as how they played him. If you had Trez Harrell at the five. AD at the four, Kuzma at the three, Bron is your point guard, and who the F ever is your shooting guard? Who can contend with that lineup that they would have had or that they should have been using last season? I think Trez – didn't Trez regress last year? He didn't get any playing time. He didn't have a time enough to get into a rhythm. I think that was probably wise. he just wasn't very good in play out, in, 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 in practice he's, or in the games he did play. He's a monster play. right now. He's back to being old Trez. He is. He is. I, I think he's better in situations where he can – where he can get the ball in his hands. That's the one thing about playing with a player like LeBron or mm-hmm. even like Anthony Davis. The ball has to go through them. And mm-hmm. that kind of throws a lot of things off. Um, ball-centric guys like him makes it tough for you to play. Westbrook is ball-centric, but Westbrook also gets rid of the ball and passes, passes, gives passes up all the time. Mm-hmm. He usually turns the ball over himself whenever he's going on drives <laughs> on his own. Mm-mm. But for the most part, he dishes the rock. He gives it away. So yeah. that's your difference. And at the same time, this gives Bron opportunity to take some some games off. He can actually rest himself, mm-hmm. and then Westbrook can go out there and just be buck wild and go 110 like he always does because mm-hmm. they needed another playmaker. And they didn't have another playmaker with any of those other guys. Kuzma mm-hmm. got to play basketball with them. It, it was just beard mustache, but it was weird. So, yeah. We'll see, but out of those six, I'm totally with Utah getting there. I think Golden State possibly can, and I am sold on Miami. Me too. I am definitely sold on the Bulls. The Baby Bulls are no longer the Baby Bulls. <laughs> I like what they're doing. Yeah. Can't wait to talk more NBA later in the season. Mm-hmm. Not right now. They ain't really talk about them right now because we're in football season and all of that. So, Jimmy, <laughs> what's on the eating room floor? All right. So, what didn't make it into the floor? All right. So, you're a, you're a Bucks fan. We know that. So, uh, Bruce Arians, I think someone had asked him about potentially trading running back Ronald Jones as the trade deadline looms, 4 o'clock Eastern tomorrow. And he said that it would take a serious offer in order for them to get rid of Ronald Jones, which hmm. I don't understand because ha- after having had him on several fantasy teams, he's not been good this year. Uncle Lenny is clearly your feature back, and you have Gio Bernard as a change of pace. So you really honestly don't need Ronald Jones unless something were to happen to Leonard Fournette. But why would it take that much when you can probably get a pretty decent guy in the secondary to offset those injuries for Ronald Jones? So I don't get this. Trade him to Denver right now and get and get Fuller. Get a corner. Get Kyle Fuller. Get a corner. Get, get yep. somebody in the secondary to help offset, like you said, all those injuries. That way you're at least stacked enough so that when you go into the playoffs, mm-hmm. those guys don't have to rush back. So um, I do like Ronald Jones, uh, but the biggest thing is, like you mentioned, Lenny is a feature back, and he's showing us net more and more that, look, if you give me feature back numbers, I'm going to give you feature back numbers mm-hmm. back. He said it would take an extraordinary offer. Yeah, like, a, like, a really? good corner. Like, I wish really? they could have got Stephon Gilmore. God. Yeah, man. Um, all right, so who debuted this past weekend? They won. They yeah, and he got the Falcons 19-10, right? You got a pick? Yeah. Man, former defensive player of the year. All right, so college football, TCU. Gary Patterson is out after 20 years as the Bro. head coach of TCU. What? I want to know what the hell happened. Something happened for them to get rid of him because there's no reason why you get rid of Gary Patterson. Mid-season. The way that, mid-season. Well, that's the thing about it. They wanted him to stay for the rest of the year, and he's like, nah, I'm out immediately. Okay. They tried to convince him to stay, and he's like, nah. You want me gone? I's gone. <laughs> now, uh-huh. I'm wondering, is he going to go for the LSU job or the USC job? Because to be quite honest, he'd be awesome in either one of the two. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how his recruiting would go, especially because they've had a, some incidents and stuff down there mm-hmm. at TCU. 
Um, but as a coach, he's a good coach. It depends on how James Franklin is feeling and Matt Campbell. I don't Ooh, think he's point. past. I don't think he's past those two. But yeah, he'll get some calls. Yeah, so, I, I, Franklin's. I think he's got like the number one recruiting class coming in this year. Why would he leave that? That's hard to leave, even though it's class, Penn, but it Hollywood, is Penn State. USC, but it is Penn State. Uh, I mean, who has really done something to Penn State? You, you probably take a lot of those recruits with him to USC. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Probably could. All right, so. Um, Major League Baseball World Series. It is now three two. Uh, the Astros won nine to five yesterday after going down early in that game. It's like four zero five zero. Goes back to Houston uh, starting tomorrow night, Tuesday, um, three to two. So this just got interesting. It did. I tr- I watched a portion of it, but I was I was engaged in football. Yeah, and then it was Halloween. I was. Uh, had to drop kids off, well, pick up kids, mm-hmm. and so say kid, uh, same kids you be doing karate with. Yeah, you know, hey little, little kids. Hey do a karate style, <laughs> karate. like uh, <laughs> like Kawhi. Right. But um, uh, <laughs> oh, that was such a great video. Loved I love it. it. But anyway, no, um, it is getting interesting. Three two. I hope Atlanta doesn't doesn't jizz it away. Jizz away a three one lead because they haven't won since that what, is 95. An, I really hope that not. is in Atlanta. As that is that is so Georgia. Come on, Atlanta. Come on, don't that don't is so be, Georgia. Don't be you. Don't be Georgia. don't be three one. Don't right. lose. Uh, lastly, Monday Night Football game, Giants at the Chiefs. What do you think? Can the Chiefs win this game? Are they better? <laughs> oh, if they let Daniel Jones eat them alive, fire everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Don't – you can't let – you You got to figure out a scheme around Daniel Jones. You can't let him beat y'all. And does Patrick Mahomes have over 405 passing yards tonight? No. But as you mentioned that, there was a better that put 100 – I think he put $1,000 down on a bet for Mike White to have the most passing yards this past week. The bet was $1,000. The odds were 125 to 1, which mm-hmm. means that if he wins, he wins $125,000. Mm-hmm. With that bet, because he was at the game for the Jets, as long as Patrick Mahomes and Daniel Jones don't throw up for 400 yards, Somebody's going to do it. They've been forecasting a shootout for this game. Perfect weather. Both teams, you know, they're getting receivers back. Shepard and Tony are going to be there. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. That's, gonna that's, so just, that's just so Vegas. I feel so bad for yeah. them. All right. That's it. That's it. Oh, man. Oh, well, we appreciate y'all joining us as usual here on Unfair Sports. Thank you for checking us out here on YouTube as well as wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to while you're there. Please like, subscribe to the videos, and then rate us and review us on the pod and give us five stars. You don't think we deserve it? Meh, just give us five anyway. Gift it. Gift it. So, for Mike, Bob, and Wendy, thank you so much for doing your thing on the back end side. For my co-host, Jimmy, I have my power rankings up actually on Thursday instead of Friday this week, so I'll actually pick the right date for it to publish. My bad. Um, as well as hit us up on the Unfair Fan Line, 430-901-1906, and let us know how you get, did on Daily Fantasy. I did good. OSG's write-up was good. Mm. You follow his words, the goods will happen. So with that, we will chop it up with y'all in a few days. Peace. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com Internet for details.